You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. It is a cloudy, overcast, warm, humid, spring-like day here in the Charleston, South Carolina area. I'm very happy and grateful this morning to be able to enjoy the quiet and to go over the last several days. I haven't uh, uploaded a podcast because I've got other obligations. I've got a job. I've got a kiddo and uh, I just uh, have a lot of different ideas. And this morning, what I wanted to talk about is communication. Let's talk about communication. Let's talk about what it means to effectively communicate. What is the purpose in communication? Why do we communicate? What do we want to receive from communication? All of these are points to ponder when we consider whether or not we are communicating effectively. I, I do, you know, I do still have my uh, practice, my clinical work, and I get a lot of inspiration in that work because when my clients present to me with particular issues and I get excited about uh, topics of discussion because while I may spend 50 minutes with one person, I know that that particular topic is not just isolated to that one individual. I know that these are issues that most of us face, myself included. I always include myself when I'm talking about a, a particular topic or something that I have learned and grown from in my own life's experiences and wisdom and working with other people. So I want to talk about communication today. Like what is the pur- what is the purpose? Why should we even focus on communication? What is the ultimate goal? What is your desire in effective communication? Are you an effective communicator? Communication is reciprocity. It is reciprocal. It's back and forth. And that is key. Something to consider as well. Communication issues are 65% of the cause of divorces. Did you know that? According to a study, your tango conducted a study. And there was an indication that 65% of all divorces were attributed to problems in communication. Why is that a problem? It's a problem because people are not hearing each other. And when we don't effectively communicate, we do not have is the ultimate goal of communication, I think, for anybody is to connect. Um, Some people choose to communicate one way and they choose to express themselves and expect to be heard and derive the external validation from that. Maybe that's an element of this podcast. This is a form of one-way communication and my intention is to be heard because I do want you to have the ability to learn a new skill and to have better understanding about some features in your life that you would like to improve. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, but if it is a, a, a relationship, a face-to-face relationship, one-way communication does not work. The purpose in communication is to create connection. Problems with communication is, by and large, a lot of times people who attempt to communicate don't really know what they want to say. They don't know themselves. They don't understand their own values. They don't understand their own goals. They don't understand what it is they're choosing to achieve. So many people operate from a place of ego. Think of it this way. Someone who, in, in, in any situation you think about childhood trauma, anything that's happened that has caused a derailment of uh, 
normal human development, normal behavioral development. If someone is injured, there's going to be, you know, you get scar tissue, right? When you uh, have an accident, you you know, you have surgery or you have any type of physical trauma, there's usually a physical manifestation of that trauma through scars. Well, emotions work the same way. So if a, some, if, if a person experiences tra- uh, emotional trauma as a child, then normally, without intervention, that is, the normal response is to create scar tissue. That scar tissue usually culminates in a defensive ego. So imagine a person who has experienced trauma as a child developing a defensive ego as being a a, a bubble. Let's say that that person, imagine that person is encapsulated in a clear bubble. And what happens is that's a defense posture. That's a defense mechanism. The deeper the trauma, the thicker the walls of that, that ego, that ego bubble. So let's imagine that person grows up as an adult and they're moving through life operating consistently from an ego bubble. So that limits the potential for injury. It also limits the potential for for vulnerable and authentic communication with other people because people can't get through that, that veneer, that ego bubble because that person's not allowing other people to get in because they're so protective. They're so deeply wounded that they need to protect themselves. So a lot of times they will project. They will project from that ego place. So here's the thing. If you want to be an effective communicator, you have to understand yourself. Now, that seems very simple on the surface, but if a person has experienced trauma that they have not healed from, that can be a huge stepping stone. And how do you do that? Well, you do have to go and talk to someone. you got to talk to someone who has been trained in how to identify problematic features as a result of trauma that causes those issues. We get into the shame discussion. We get into the, uh, the veneer of projection, meaning anything I feel about myself, I don't want to feel, so I'll project it on someone else. And these are all problematic features of communication styles. So in, in short, to be, to be very simple, in order to have healthy, functional communication, you have to understand yourself. So let's say we, we do that. Let's say we do our healing, right? We go to therapy. We have those aha moments. We have the light turned on. We have doors and windows in our heart opened and we are vulnerable. We are no longer afraid of being uh, triggered by our trauma. We're no longer afraid of other people because now we see ourselves from a place of acceptance. And that means when those windows are open and the doors are open, that veneer, that ego bubble has, has dropped down, or at least it's it's thinned its itself a little bit because it's important to always keep up boundaries, right? But we want healthy boundaries. We don't want unhealthy boundaries. We don't want to prevent people from getting in at all, but we do need to be mindful of what's healthy and what's unhealthy. So let's say you've healed, right? And you're ready to communicate. Well, you've done that, you've done that work, you've done that healing journey. What, what next, right? What next? So now you've got to figure out what are your values? Who are you? Who are you? What's important to you? What are your goals? You know, in any conversation and in any interaction, you have to have the ability to ask yourself, am I invested in this? Am I invested in this conversation? Am I invested in this relationship? What do I want to achieve? Now, going back to the unhealed trauma, and let's say you're, you're, you're still in that headspace of defensive posturing, 
right? Where you're interacting with someone and that person's trying to connect with you and you're not able to allow them to, to enter into your space because you are in a defensive posture. There is no effective communication to be had because you're not allowing it in because you're fearful of, of being triggered. You're fearful of the judgment. You're fearful of anything that they say causing all of those old wounds to come up to the surface. So if that's the case, then you're far less likely to even know who you are because all of your energy and time is invested in defending yourself. So there is no communication. So anyway, so let's say you're healed and you're having this communication. You know, you, you have to figure out who you are. What's important to you? What is your ultimate goal in communicating with someone else? Do you want to have connection with them? Do you want that? Do you want to win an argument? See, that's, that's the unhealed place. That's the, the ego bubble talking to win an argument versus to achieve an understanding. I had a conversation with a client. Let me, let me try to kind of back up and simplify this a little bit because I know that I can get wordy and it can seem really confusing. Here's an example. So I'm talking with this person. And the reason that this person wanted to speak with me was because they were having difficulty with their anger and they recognized problems in communicating with their, their child. Now, I think we've all been down that road. Any of us who are parents have had those situations occur where you're just like, ah, you're just going to pull your hair out, right? Well, let's break it down. So this, this person came to me and said, Alma, I'm struggling with my anger. Um, I, you know. I, I, I got angry with my, with my child and I made my child cry. Well, the interesting thing about this expression from my client was not the event itself, but it was how they chose to apologize and how they went about their apology, which I found was very telling with where they are in their communication style. So when they expressed to me, after they yelled at their child, after the tears, they went to their child and said, listen, I'm really sorry about that. I was having a really bad day, but that does not excuse my behavior. I'm very sorry about that. So the child, I'm assuming, was feeling very safe in this communication, expressed to the parent, yeah, well, most of the time I feel like you don't care about me. And so my client immediately said, oh, no, no, I always care about you. I always care about you. That's not true. I always care about you. And I stopped my client. I said, listen, I said, I get where you're coming from, but this is a key part of where you're having a problem. And my client was completely confused, completely confused about what I was talking about. And here's my point. In any interaction that you have with someone, we always have to make a concerted effort to listen and to validate, to actively listen. It is irrelevant as to whether or not you agree or disagree with what the other person is saying to you. Because what happens, what we normally do in any interaction with someone is we listen and we're fact finding, right? We're, we're looking to see if what the other person is saying to us is in alignment with what we believe. And, and that's where I think a lot of us get lost. And so what, what my client was listening to was the facts. And my client identified something that their child said to them that was not factual in their mind. And so obviously you're going to counter that, right? You're going to say, no, no, that's, in, that's inaccurate. I do care about you all the time. 
what I express to my client and what I am expressing to you is hold space. We, we have this term in clinical cir- circles called holding space, meaning just allowing what someone else's narrative is just to be, be present in that. You don't have to agree with it. That's the thing. That's the key. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. But what I had encouraged my client was to listen to their child, listen to what their child was saying. I don't feel like you care about me much at all. Now, here's, here's why I know that this is a traumatic response for my client, because that statement alone triggered the trauma in my client, because my client was afraid that it was true. And so as a defense, no, 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 it's not true. I I love you all the time. I always care about you. And so I asked my client, I said, why do you think your child would say something like that? And so you, do you see the pain? Do you, can you interpret that as being a hurtful statement and why the defenses automatically went up in my client? And I'm certain that you've done it. I've done it. Shoot, I've got two kids. I've done that before too because nobody likes to hear when someone tells us that we're not doing something that we, we should be doing. As a parent, we should be caring about our, our child all the time. But what I offered my client was hold space for that. If, if your child is expressing to you that they don't believe that you care about them all the time, you don't have to take that personally and you don't have to agree with it. But in order to have effective communication, you should always hold space for what someone else says and feels. Think about how powerful that is in creating and cultivating a fundamental foundation of safety in that relationship. You don't have to agree with it. Take that off the table. It doesn't have to be accurate in your mind what the other person is saying. My client firmly believed that their child was wrong in the statement because the, the, my client says, I, I care about my child all the time, all the time. So I have to let my child know that what they're saying is inaccurate. And what I was explaining to them was, that's fine if you disagree, but don't invalidate. Hear, be present, listen, ask questions. Why do you feel that way? What is it about how I'm engaging you makes you feel like I don't care? And go from there. You don't have to agree. You don't have to agree. When we interact with our loved ones, we have to do so from a place of purposeful intention. That purposeful intention is to create and cultivate the connection that we seek. You do not have to sacrifice anything about yourself in order to do that. All you have to do is actively listen and engage from a place of allowing and holding space. When someone tells us, I don't think you love me, or you don't love me the way I want to be loved, or you say that all the time, um, or whatever, you know, sort of triggering comment that is unfavorable about us and our character, you got to breathe through that. That's coming from a legitimate place, whether you agree with the sentiments or not. Now, given in a, in a problematic dynamic where, where hurts have been exchanged and you're starting a brand new effort in trying to effectively communicate, the other person may very well retaliate and use that against you. That is absolutely possible. 
just because you are embarking on a newfound approach in your communication style is not going to mean that the person that you're trying to communicate with is going to be doing the same thing. They may be taking that as an opportunity to really heap some verbal abuse on you because of problems in the past, and they're just going to vent now. Now that you're listening, you're, they're actively trying to make you feel like, like garbage. That may actually happen. Actions and reactions. Those are the only two things that you can control. That's it. And it's been a hard lesson for me to learn, too. And, you know, raising kids, you know, I can, I can be the best therapist in the world, but damn, when it comes to raising kids, they will say some hurtful shit. And the reason it's so hurtful is that you're sitting there thinking, is that true? Am I really a crappy mom? Am I a bad parent? Am I a horrible dad? You know, when we, when we have people that we know are angry with us say hurtful things, they hurt because we're fearful that they might be true. Or we're fearful that the person that is attacking us is doing so because they want us to hurt. And we don't like that. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes to, to be attacked. The easy thing to do when we attempt to communicate is to retreat into our ego bubble because our ego bubble keeps us safe. You know, when you uh, don't think about what you're going to say and you just, you're all about the defenses. You're all about retaliating, saying nasty things, telling them the, the same thing that they're telling you, you know, communicate effectively in all of your relationships that you care about. The problem that a lot of people people face in doing so is the aspect of vulnerability. You know, it's getting rid of that ego bubble. I think that once we heal, I think all of these problems that we have, are, are they're derivative of trauma. We're all screwed up, all of us. We've all been through something. We've all experienced the slings and arrows of life and what it throws at us. And... I think as soon as we can acknowledge that we've been hurt, we can start to heal. And when we acknowledge the fact that we're just like everybody else, we're, we're all worthy, we all have value, and we all deserve opportunities of growth and healing to become the best version of ourselves, I think a lot of this communication stuff will mend itself over time, you know, because if you don't have the uh, the natural knee-jerk in instinct to be defensive, your communication will absolutely improve as a result, as will your relationships, as will your connection, as will how you see and feel about yourself. You will feel more inclined to cultivate goals. You will, you will be more engaged in your self-care processes. You will believe that you deserve to take care of yourself and as a, as a result, take care of your relationships too. So it's all about healing. And that's what my goal is with this podcast is to give you things to focus on and to hopefully encourage you to look at yourself and to look in the mirror with love and appreciation for the reflection for the person that's staring back at you and understanding that the shame, the trauma, the, the feelings of insecurity, the lack of self-confidence and all of that crap that comes as a result of trauma, it's just unnecessary. It really, really is. And it's culminated and it's, it's cultivated by what we listen to in the world around us. If we are internalizing the external narratives of people in our circle that maybe are uh, beating us down or reminding us of what we already think and feel about ourselves, 
then that's just a, it's, it's a spiral. It's not healthy. I am sitting here and with this topic today, expressing to you that you deserve to be able to communicate effectively. You deserve an opportunity. I absolutely deserve an opportunity to build those connections that are healthy and functional from a place of worthiness. You may not believe it, but that's the first step. That's absolutely the first step. And I am the first one to raise my hand because I know exactly what it feels like to think that I'm the only worthless person in the room. Like I am the lowest of the low. And all of it is, is that it has come through an evolution of my own therapy and the work that I've done in having an understanding about human behaviors that I want to help you to achieve the same understanding about yourself. You have to understand yourself before you can effectively communicate. You know, if you don't understand yourself, if you don't understand your values, if you don't know what you want to achieve, what your goals are, you can't communicate effectively. Because if you don't understand yourself, when you are engaging with other people, then your normal go-to is going to be be defensive. Because you're waiting for prompts from other people to get you to reply. And if other prompts from other people are attacking retaliatory, um, you know, criticisms, things like that, your normal go-to is going to be defensive. So it's important to heal. And it's important to understand what it is you desire to achieve in those conversations. And it also saves time, too, because then it'll prevent you from having unnecessary interactions. I'm not a fan of small talk. I've never been a fan of small talk. I I engage in it from time to time. It's not my comfortable place. When I have a conversation with someone, I want it to have meaning. I want it to hold water. I want there to be takeaways. I want to be able to derive a sense of inspiration from the person I'm speaking to as well. Um, Life's not perfect, obviously, but you're going to have interactions with people that you feel compelled to make small talk with just because there's really nothing else to say. So I don't know about you, but I don't derive a whole lot of purpose out of those interactions because I seek to inspire other people and I seek to be inspired by other people. And I I want to, that's who I want to be. That's my goal. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you don't know yourself, you'll automatically lean into your defensive posture. So it's time to do the work. If you're listening and this is resonating with you, then I highly recommend that you start doing that work. If you feel badly about yourself or you're uncomfortable in your communication with other people, it's probably because you need some healing. It's probably because you need to figure out who you are. And you can't do that journey on your own. You can read books. You can listen to podcasts for sure. And that can be helpful. But you really need a mentor and you need a guide and you need a therapist. You need someone who is uh, trained to help you engage in a positive, non-judgmental way. You got to remove the shame. You got to remove the self-deprecation. That's my message for today. I hope you're well. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.